reluctantly crouched at the starting line engines pumping and thumping in time the green light flashes the flags go up churning and burning they yearn for the cup they deftly maneuver and muscle for rank fuel burning fast on an empty tank reckless and wild they pour through the turns their prowess is potent and secretly stern as they speed through the finish the flags go down the fans get up and they get out of town the arena is empty except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can the sun has gone down and the moon has come up and long ago somebody left with the cup but he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Got a little mailbag, a little maily baggy, voicey maily episode. Um, gonna cover a lot. Um, and I actually have a hot take that we're gonna start it out with. Um, Justin, how are you doing, though? Bobby Skinner, hello. Um, kind of crazy. You know, I know you always ask me how I am, and I sometimes come prepared with the with a nice statement or a nice story. We are in the month of October in the middle. We're officially in the middle of the month of October and the giants still don't have a win just in case you weren't aware. So I thought Thanks I'd remind for reminding you. us, Justin panic. <laughs> really appreciate that. really appreciate it. Isn't that it crazy? Suck. It's crazy. Um, we're going to beat Washington though. Like I, that's, I, I honestly like a guarantee we will beat Washington. Um, as we do, as giants fans do. Daniel Jones is two and zero against, Washington. Stats. The, the, the scary thing, though, is that they don't have Dwayne Haskins playing. Um, I really want to just get video of Haskins being a bum on the bench. Bum, Anyways, bum, Justin, bum. speaking of bums, we got three new members of our community. Wow. You know welcome. who they are? You know who they are? Yeah. Matt Joyce. Matt Joyce is one of them. Eric Viscuso. Matt Joyce. I went to high school with a guy named Matt Joyce. Uh, Joyce and Sean Sullivan. Sean Sullivan. Justin, who are these goons? These goons, these not bums, they're wonderful human beings and they're wonderful people who have accomplished a lot in their life because they went to patreon.com backslash talking giants and for $2 a month, you can support us while also getting live access to podcasts and shows as we record them, including on Sundays where we commiserate in misery and we will eventually celebrate in a win. Hopefully this Sunday, um, you get access to for twice a month, uh, raffles for free shirts, uh, twice a month, three times a month. I have no clue. Bobby handled all that. Patreon.com backslash talking giants. Yeah, we're going to do the next raffle this Thursday night um, since there's no presidential debate. And we do Thursday night streams during the second quarter of Thursday night football. So that'll be fun. And we play the next Thursday night football, so we won't be doing it then. Um, anyways, Justin, thank you to those people that have joined us. Um, I mean, why delay it? Why don't we just... Uh, you ready to get in voicemail and mailbag? Yes. Let's do All it. Right. Take it away, Steve. Mail time. Mail time. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. F Rona, which I agree. At NY Giants Talk 3, S. At this point, which would you sign long term if either Dalvin Tomlinson or Leonard Williams? I was very disappointed with Leo the last two games. Okay, so I had an epiphany today because I've been I I've been really like what Patrick Graham's doing. I like what he did against the Rams, and Patrick Graham I realized against the Cowboys because they have the three wide receivers. He was playing Blake Martinez and Tay Crowder seven yards off the ball, and when they were handing it off and playing play action, neither one of them were being aggressive. They were their priority was to stop stuff over the middle. I mean, look at. And we'll see at the next voicemail. The only two throws over the middle, which is where Dak is good, and that's where he has historically beat us, were two perfectly placed balls on C.D. Lamb, crazy catches, and he got lit up. I mean, they had they are perfectly placed balls, you know. And you know what they say: there's no defense for a perfect pass. We have been talking all offseason about, hey, I don't think you could keep both Leonard Williams and and Dalvin Tomlinson. 
I have changed my tune after today. I had an epiphany. And I don't know if Dave Gelman did this on purpose or he just stumbled into it. And we'll talk about Gelman in a second. I think having run-stuffing defensive tackles is the correction to the NFL. To the, all this play action. To all this passing. The, you know Everyone's doing more play action. I think having run-stuffing defensive tackles is the new NFL. Want to know why? Because teams still want to run the ball. You know they don't. They don't want to abandon the run. And the more teams get, you know, move on to try and stop the pass and play auction, the harder it is to stop the run. You know, passing setting up the run. So what Patrick Graham has done, and granted they didn't do a great job of it versus Dallas, and and Lorenzo Carter being out actually hurt this, and and it will hurt us going forward. He is trusting the defensive line and the guys on the edge. You guys have to stop the run against teams like the Cowboys and the Rams. Now when we're playing the 49ers, I can have Blake Martinez and Tay Crowder coming up and playing more aggressive. But against these teams that have these, you know, three-headed monsters at wide receiver weapons, and they have good offensive linemen, we need our defensive line to win. To stay, they got to be the guys to stop the run because we can't have crossers going over our heads and over our heads all the time, and tight ends and and slot receivers killing us. So I think having three to four guys you like. Now, obviously, you don't need a first-round pick. Dalvin Thompson, who's going to get a contract, and Leonard Williams on a sixteen million dollar deal. I'm not saying you need to go do that. But I actually think, because, you know, the NFL adjusts. It's a copycat league. Things change. Defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators, they figure out ways to stop it. I think in the next few years, you'll see more teams looking to get deep run-stuffing defensive tackles on their team so that it it's it's to stop the pass because we're re- relying on those big boys to stop the run. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking this, but I feel like I had just had an epiphany with this. I, I, I thought this was... Am I overthinking this, or is is this smart? Because I think this is what Patrick Graham has done the last two weeks against the Rams and the Cowboys. But let me ask you this question, because I feel like you flip flopped in the like towards the beginning and then towards the end, and we'll actually answer the question. Because I I I agree with the majority of what you said philosophically, and then I'll give you a, a rebuttal. But do you really want to extend what it will cost for Leonard Williams and what it may cost for Dalvin Tomlinson? plus having Dexter Lawrence here and having that much cap allocated when you could possibly find third-rounder, fourth-rounder into your defensive lineman that could take that spot of Dalvin Tomlinson of eating up 40-50% of the snaps? No. you're, you're I... So which it one? What da- it depends what Dalvin's contract is. If Dalvin is 7 mil or less, which is possible, yeah. then I'm I'm keeping both. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but if Dalvin's like 10 mil, then, you know, then that's a lot of money for just one position, no matter what the position is. Um, and we know Leonard Williams is going to get a big contract. And we you know, we both like Leonard Williams, but he's not elite. Um, and he's probably going to get a, an elite contract. Um, so that's that's the difference. But like I said, I don't know if this is on purpose or stumbling into it because I think Patrick Graham is doing this stuff and James Betcher wouldn't have done it. And I think Patrick Graham's a genius. I really do. Um, I know you could point to some team scoring points, but talent is talent right Um, here's what i have to say about about that though i would rather now i am i am justin Pennock. i am a fan and i am not an executive i'm not uh i'm i'm a fan i would rather when i think of how i would build a football team i would rather try to incentivize teams to run the ball just churn out three four five you know three four yards per carry five yards per five yards per carry Because those sustaining long drives of just churning out consistent chunks on the ground, that's not sustainable over time in terms of putting seven points on the board. But what is sustainable is when you allow 20-plus, 15-plus, 10-plus yards passing plays down the field. When you have those big run stuffers and when you have a very good run defense, you are incentivizing teams to throw the ball. And throwing the ball in the National Football League is just a hell of a lot more effective than My running point, the ball. My point, though, is that it lets your linebackers not, like, because you see teams bite on play action and stuff. Yeah. Blake Martinez and Tay Crowder were not biting on play action against Dallas. And they're a good running, like, they have a good, actually, the offense line is banged up. But they have, like, they're a good running team. And they were not biting on play action at all. You know, you'll you'll, you'll find me a clip here and there. But they were not playing it aggressive. And it was... It was a conceited effort to be like, we are going to use our inside linebackers to stop the pass. And, I mean, look at the stats. If you take away that last drive where Andy Dalton literally 
One was a total scramble play, and then the other one just throwing up to Michael Gallup. They were throwing for it was under 200 yards of passing for Dak and 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 Andy Dalton going into that last drive. Yeah, the Giants have been, and I wrote about this in talking analytics last week. The Giants have been. I don't know what the numbers look like this week because they had the two big plays to Gallup and Ceedee Lamb had some big plays. But the Giants have been the number one defense in terms of not allowing explosive plays. And we've played some good offenses. We've played the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have their weapons. Uh, we've played the San Francisco 49ers, who, you know, their Super Bowl roster, understandably, they're not looking the same as they did last year. Then, uh, then we just got done playing the Dallas Cowboys, and it wasn't really until the final drive of the game, unfortunately, where you really feel like the defense did get bitten by the big play bug. And yeah, that, and it was literally was, just throwing the ball up to Gallup yeah. over Ryan Lewis, you know. It wasn't like they they beat they, they, they they destroyed. They found out Patrick Graham's system. You know that's that's just a, a playmaker making a play right. on our weakest probably player on the field in Ryan right. Lewis. And I agree with your take, and I like your take of oh, because we feel confident in our front four to get the job done, and Lorenzo Carter is a huge loss in that. Because we and I'd be interested to see how this might change. Will it change? They'll probably play closer because they don't respect the Washington's ability to throw the ball. So linebackers, like yeah, Washington, imagine, they will play clo- like yeah. it's it's week to week. Like the Rams, that's how they shut down the Rams that we yeah. talked about last week. Is the way they stopped the Rams was letting Martinez and Crowder play the pass, and they let the de- the defensive line stop the run, and they did that game. They did it this game. You know, Leo was kind of silent in this game, um, and like I said, I think Carter being out is uh is a huge loss there. Which, by the way, Golden was really good as a pass rusher. He had some bad plays in the run game, but he was consistently bull rushing. You know, he had the sack. He's the best pass rusher on the team. Yeah. But I think that's why he wasn't getting a ton of reps is because of his run defense. He can make plays in the run game, but he's not going to be like that solid yeah. set-the-edge type guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he's, he'll he stumble into a good 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 few plays in the run game. Um, but he may try to make some arm tackles, took some poor angles. Yeah, but this, this was a good conversation. I like this. I As of right now, I'm on the boat of trading Dalvin Tomlinson – Slash, I would rather not let him walk, and then you're. I'm you're... not against it, but I, I, I just had I, like I said, I might be overthinking this, and like I said, this no, is you're not a hot take. You're not. But overthinking I feel like this it. will be the correction to what the NFL is becoming. I mean, that's what we see. We see it all the time. It's like, oh, this is the new NFL. This, this, and that. No, especially, gets, especially with, out. um, especially with if you're talking about putting linebackers away from the line of scrimmage, you want to put more safeties in as well. So the way that you're going to adjust to putting more safeties on the field is by having more guys up in the middle that can clog holes. So as of but as of right now, I'm sign Leo, extend Leo, trade Dalvin that you can get a decent value. But Dalvin Tomlinson these last two games has been our best interior defensive lineman, and yeah. that's including Dexter Lawrence. So our minds could easily be changed. Um as Leonard Williams and, Dalvin, uh, and Dexter Lawrence had two very good starts of the season and Dalvin Tomlinson's snap share was down, Tomlinson's performance has taken a tick up these last two weeks. So it's a good problem to have. For sure. All right, voicemail. Hello, Bobby. This is Lee from Birmingham, England. Um, just listen to your After the Game show and CD Lamb had me thinking, when was the last time the Giants ever run a decent teamwork we played the worst D in the whole of the NFL and didn't think to put it on that Joe Thomas. Oh, yeah. I'm calling from my morning walk. It's fucking bit of cold. Welcome to England. Thanks, mate. And then Lee from England left another call. Hello, mate. It's Lee from Birmingham again. Uh, just one couple questions. Firstly, how bad do you think you need to get? a replication of Atlanta firing well the GM but also the head coach do you think that's possible I don't think so good judge secondly is there any practice squad players now the season's gone on other teams that you think we should be trying to pick up and run out we need help all over the gas cheers mate alright cheers Lee from England thank you for uh, for calling in you're the man um, our international crowd has been getting stronger and stronger and OC had a good point today he's like players don't when you get a you know a message from international, don't ignore it because the game is growing international. And uh, I wanted to say that someone sent in the chat said "gas man." Uh, <laughs> uh, so we have some Gettleman stuff we'll get to since he asked kind of like a three part question. So the seam route, I'll let you talk about that. But also, 
The Giants did call. He asked about practice squad players. So let's talk about Austin Mack a little bit since the Giants did sign Austin Mack. Um, I like it. I mean, Ratley was doing nothing for us. I mean, he had zero catches in this past game. The OPI, people are going to, you know, they kept on tweeting about that, but that wasn't OPI. Um, so I'm not going to be mad about him for that. Um, but I'm excited to see what Austin Mack is. I don't have high expectations for Austin Mack, but I'm excited to see, like, what he is as, as a player because obviously Ratley wasn't in it. And maybe Ratley's better, but I newer is always more fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Especially it's the wide receiver spot. Yeah, it's it's also uh, similar to uh, how people were so excited to see Andrew Thomas and now Matt Parrott is going to be the new left tackle. You know, you haven't nobody's even seen him play. So, I, I'm we we do need a shakeup at wide receiver, and that's that's how it's different from the offensive line. That that group and that position group needs a shakeup. They need new blood. We need we need a new guy that can make it happen, Bobby. That can just go up and make something happen and make a play. Um, I know we're we've really overused that that phrase Spin, this week. Pro, so. pro, pro. Austin Mack is great at curl routes, so he's going to fit in great with this offense. Oh joy! Um, so he also asked about seam routes, and Justin, I sent the clip to you, and I wasn't going to tweet it out because people would be, it would be something that people like. It'd be red meat for people. But go watch Evan Ingram's um, presser from the after the game, and and Dan Duggan and Jordan Ron, and I don't know if they teamed up on this or what, but they did a good job of being like, hey. What's the difference in routes? And Duggan is like, it just seems like you're running a lot more curls. And Evan Ingram is like, yeah, that's that is the biggest difference is they're not, you know, we're we're doing a lot of curl routes. And then Ronan was like, how come you don't hit up the seam or anything? Like, what's the deal with that? And and I honestly felt bad for Ingram in that moment because he looks deje- he looks dejected, and he's like, I, I he's like I'm just doing what they're you know I'm doing what they're asking me to do. He looked dejected. He looked totally dejected. Um. You know, and he did make a play for us in the run game. Like, that play wasn't really set up great. Evan Ingram totally just ran past that defensive end. I kind of feel, I know we were crapping on Ingram, but I do feel bad for him because this offense, someone else said it today. I can't remember who it was, and it was one of our followers that I like, but he said Jason Witten or Jason Garrett is trying to use Evan Ingram like Jason Witten when he should be trying to use him like Jordan Reed. And that's, that's a big, that's a big part of what my issue is with Jason Garrett. We're not going to do the whole Jason Garrett thing right now, but I, I just, we're not using, maybe Evan Ingram sucks, but we've seen him be awesome at times, man. And it's just, they're not using him in the ways that Evan Ingram should be used. Yeah. I know that's been something that's literally been said since Evan Ingram has been drafted. And I even saw a tweet today from one of the official accounts that says an NFL executive, some sort of coach, whoever says, well, what does Evan Ingram do well? So it's one of those things that what this is year four for Evan Ingram that now we're you know we're really asking what does he do well but we're also still asking the question of well is he even being used right go and watch uh go and watch some Las Vegas Raiders highlights from this past weekend and watch the plays that Darren Waller made. But you here's know? the thing, Justin, <laughs> yeah. is going into this year the question on Ingram was can he stay healthy because you know what his numbers were good last year his numbers have been good. His numbers, his yards per catch are down by four. He has like 160 yards through five games, through five games, and he's the second target on the team. He's I mean, probably the he's probably the lead pass catcher though. Probably um, no Slayton is. Oh, he is Slayton, not Slayton by a is. not by a large margin. Can't no, be. not by a ton. Um, it's that's not good, man. That's no. just and it put like you said, Evan Ingram needs to be a guy. Yeah. But honestly, man. Jason Garrett is not using this cat the right way. No. And I feel bad for him. I, re- I honestly feel bad for him. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do trade him and goes and plays really well somewhere else. I really, you know, an a, a innovative offensive mind would figure out a way to do that. I mean, look at how he started last year before he got hurt. He had like 200-yard games, a 75-yard. Like, he was on pace for like 1,300, 1,400 yards. Obviously, you know, we can't play on pace guy. But, geez, dude. And it's just... a. I f- he looks dejected, and I think he knows. He's like, "This is," he's probably out on Garrett. I mean, if we're seeing if we're seeing this as dummies online, he's got to be seeing it, you know? Yeah, read, reading body language. Uh, you you don't need to be a psychology major and have your PhD to read body language sometimes, and especially when he's asked those two questions. Ingram is usually uh, somewhat of a encouraging guy. He's pretty respectful. The Giants put him in front of the media pretty often. And the fact that he's that hesitant on on those two questions and 
he's kind of brutally honest when he doesn't want to be. I think that's telling. Yeah. All right, we got a voicemail and a mailbag that are two in one. Hey, boys, it's Chris Mickel calling from Chicago. Uh, so, worst-case scenario, the Giants went, uh, lose the next couple games, and we go 0-7. Do you see uh, Gettleman getting fired midseason? And that'd be right before the trade deadline. So, and hopefully the new GM can start putting his plan into place earlier before that, before Gettleman makes more moves if he's out on the door anyway. Uh, thanks for all this, uh, uh, all the hard work you guys do. Go Giants. Chris Mickles asks actually in the Patreon chat, and we have a mailbag question that's similar to that. Enter name here at enter name here thirty three. Would you rather the Giants fire Gettleman now to have a jump on the GM search process? Tell me why delay the inevitable. The Texans fired their you know head coach and GM the same. The Falcons did the same. So now we have two teams that have a head start. And honestly, I do think there is value of not firing like guys mid season if you know what I mean. Like there's there's. I know people hate this, but there is like right ways to do business and it does reflect who you are as an organization and stuff. But the point being is that other two other teams have a head start on the New York Giants right now. And if they have made up their mind, Justin, and they're waiting, that means they're not going to let Gettleman make any like if if they don't plan on bringing Gettleman back, then why are they going to let Dave Gettleman make the trade deadline stuff? Now, maybe, you know, and say Gettleman does want to do a trade and they just reject it. Like, no, we're not letting you do this. You're out. Like, then what's the point of having him around to be respectful? So if two other teams hadn't fired their GMs, I wouldn't be like, hey, we shouldn't, you know, like I would get, you know, waiting towards the end, you know what I'm saying, and doing things respectfully. But with those other two teams getting the head start, I do think if if they have made up their mind, then they should move on sooner rather than later. I think word travels around the NFL about who's interested in who and who's looking at this guy and et cetera, et cetera. If the Giants already may have somebody in mind, if Giants brass, whether that's Mara, whoever makes these decisions, Chris Mara, if they already have somebody in mind and somebody that they're maybe looking at and they don't sense that he's going to be taken or given an interview, then they're going to keep Gettleman. I think the longer that Gettleman stays, the more likely that Kevin Abrams is the next GM. Now, I know you have said, Bobby, over and over, but they can't do that. They can't do that. Like, they just can't. After having a Corsi as the main as the main consultant after Jerry Reese and then hiring Dave Gutelman, who was in-house anyway, they can't do that. Well, they can. And they have before. And I don't think they're going to, though. But the longer and I'm just saying John my, Mayer is young as an owner. I mean, think about, you know. He's also and he's also the only time that John Mayer has been successful is off of the coattails of his father. Everything that he has done as an owner without his father's influence, he's ruined. Now, it's a very small sample size, and it's a tough thing to do. So I'm not going to, like, you know, f- uh, Maris sell the team. But the longer that Gettleman is here, the more likely that Abrams is the next GM. I don't hate Maris like a lot of people do. Um, I mean, let's look at this timeline a little bit. Of course he leaves. He gets Eli. Reese becomes a the guy. They win two Super Bowls over the next, you know, eight years. They hold on to those guys. Like, I don't think it's crazy. Like, but that wasn't Mara though. That wasn't John Mara that made that a Corsi move. It wasn't John. It wasn't. It was his father. It was Wellington Mara. But I'm saying, if that's like I said, he's new to that. You know, and you know, obviously, you know, Wellington pa- uh, passed, or, or um, well, yeah, Wellington. Um, like he was new, and he held on to guys who won him two Super Bowls. It wasn't like he was holding on to the Atlanta Falcons things where they went to one Super Bowl, you know, and then they moved on. And they wanted to continue to win with Eli, and they got a guy who was kind of inside, who they liked as a talent scout, and Gettleman. Now that hasn't worked. I don't see them repeating that again. So a lot of people act like it's been 40 years of just hiring in people. It's ve- it, His ownership is fairly young, you know, where he is the guy. So that's why maybe I'll look like an idiot, but I just I really don't think Abrams is an option. If this year would have went well, then Abrams could have been an option. But Starting out 0 5 and this season not going to go well. Um, I just don't think Abrams is re- like really an option. I think that's a little bit of just being cynical. They go on a five game winning streak to end the season when it's irrelevant, and well, then the we Giants keep everybody. and the Giants and the, well, the Giants give us the Kool Aid that Dave Gettleman's going to be gone. 
But Kevin Abrams is coming right back up to repeat that five-game win. No, I'm with you, Bobby, but also, you know, why I'm cynical and why I'm paranoid is as a regular season ticket holder who sat through the latter end of the Reese years and who has, you know, sat through the Gettleman years and being disappointed by all of that and being frustrated that Eli was still here. And that was mine. That was my opinion. It was my belief. You know, being frustrated by all of that, um, I'm preparing myself for it. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We should do a bet. No, right. I don't um, want to do bet. <laughs> we got uh, a couple of voicemails. What's going on, Talking Giants? It is Dan from Staten Island, New York. I'm calling from my humble abode, my home. Uh, first things first, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, can uh, Ken Fleming just be benched already? Like, I really think that's just the right move. From now on, because I think Matt Pert is just ready to go at this point. You know, Cam Fleming has made way too many mistakes in these past couple of weeks. It's, it, it's been happening ever since the beginning of the season, and I think it's just time to just to put put old Yeller down. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, other than that, you know the uh, the Giants did look good at certain points. You know. Uh, if only the offense got the ball rolling on that last drive, that would have helped, and the defense didn't hold at the end of the game. But other than that, I did see a lot of great things on both sides of the both sides of the ball. I did I did love seeing Devontae Freeman step up and everything, having a good game. You know, Kyla Fackrell everywhere on the field. I love seeing that. But uh, there were a lot of things that we could have fixed stuff on, and. Uh, <sighs> This division is still open, so... Don't do it to yourself. Go Giants. All right, so there's a lot in there. Basically, well, for one, the chat is sitting here talking about Jeremy Shockey, and I want to talk to him about Jeremy Shockey because they're talking about how he's like one of their favorites from when they were in middle school and high school. How did the the Patreon Patreon chat chat even get to that? (laughs) Same chat. But anyways, I'll kick it to you. Would you move on? Would you bench Cam Fleming for Matt Parrott right now? No. I wouldn't. Because, I wouldn't either. I don't think he's ready. Because then, if you if Matt Parrott is worse, then I feel like you can't go back. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, let's just put right. Fleming back in. Uh, if Parrot is when Parrot's ready to rock and roll, you want him to be ready to rock and roll. Um, Dan from Staten Island, I think he didn't he call last time from like his mom's car. His girl, he he called from like a weird place last time he called. But he's a he's a frequent flyer. You think mile. someone's mom's car is a weird place? Well. He was calling from an unusual place instead of his humble. He's probably abode. our most active um, a caller. He actually left another voicemail, which we'll get into in a second. Oh, but yeah, I agree. I, I'm not ready to move the parrot yet. Eventually, we need to see who he is. Um, especially like if the GM has their eye on Penny Sewell, you kind of you need to see what parrot is a little Ooh. bit. Um, so, but yeah, I, I wouldn't go there just yet. All right, Dan has one more voicemail. Hey, talking giants, uh, following up. My last voicemail on um, my fault. Fo- I have something funny to tell you guys. Uh, apparently, people think that Rashad Jennings is the reason why Dak Prescott broke his ankle. I'm not even joking. You can literally go onto Rashad Jennings' Instagram page and go on his Instagram story, and you'll see millions of people DMing him saying, Oh my God, what the heck is wrong with you? Why would you do this? You better apologize to Dak. And all Rashad Jennings keeps on saying is, I am a retired running back. He keeps saying it over and over and over and over again. And it's just the funniest thing in the world. It's messed up because, you know, Dak is hurt and everything. But it's funny because this dude has not even played a single snap since 2016. Yet people think, that he broke Jack Prescott's ankle. So you know how this... So, thank you, Dan. You know how this happened, right, Justin? No, I have, I have no clue. I'm trying to... Logan Ryan was the guy who tackled Rashad, or tackled Dak Prescott. Logan have, Ryan is number 23. They have the same Some number. website published that Rashad Jennings... It was on a Rashad Jennings tackle. So if you Google Rashad Jennings, it'll come up as like him b- breaking the ankle of Dak Prescott. It might be changed now. But I looked uh, a couple of days ago, and, and Rashad Jennings posted it. Like people were attacking him, which is crazy. Like all, even if he did, it was like he just tackled him. It was like it wasn't his fault. 
But Cowboys fans were going nuts DMing Rashad Jennings saying that, why did you break Dak Prescott's ankle? Which, I'll be honest, I got a couple of those texts from friends too. Like, why did you guys break Dak Prescott's ankle? It's all your fault. I think it's Roy Lang the third who might have initially posted the article. Now, who is Roy Lang the third? Is he on Twitter? He's on Twitter. If you search Roy Lang the third, he has a verified check mark. But you and I, you definitely have more follows than him. I almost have more follows than him. His profile picture is him with either a mohawk or he has very a very bad receding receding hairline look. It's receding. And he's interviewing Jerry Jones. He he does low-key look like a mess of a human being. He has fins up in his... So he's a Dolphins fan in his bio. Plus, he also has Go Cubs in his bio. He's a Chicago and South Florida, Floridian. And he's an Adam, Adam animal lover. He's also a Heisman voter. What? All right. Here's what we're going to do. All right. So Patreon chat, we're all going to do this together. Justin, I want you to pull up Twitter as well. And if you're listening to this, you know, on the podcast app afterwards, you do it. It's at Roy Lang, the third. It comes up. I want you to go to his profile. Are you on his Patreon chat? Patreon chat. Are you guys, are you guys go, everyone go to, to Roy Lang's um, Twitter right now. I'm there. Put me a thumbs up when you're there and just tweet at him. Hey man, you are really dumb and just use whatever favorite gif you want to use you you doing it people I, i'm doing it I'm, I'm on it right now um and uh what i hope I it, this use? was the guy who did it because otherwise this guy's gonna be like why am i being blown up i'm gonna use a shania twain he's gonna love gif. the attention all right go all right do it i want to i want to see it it's done i just posted it all right and then I'm gonna I'm gonna refresh this in like 15 minutes to see. Make sure you guys are doing your thing. I'm tr- I, I'm really I really hope it's a uh, Cowboys fans threaten Rashad Jennings for injuring <laughs> Dak Prescott. I looked it up, and two hours ago, it's not even a Roy Lang the third is one stupid mf'er if you ask me. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. Good. So it was him. All right. So right you guys thing. better be doing this. I'm gonna refresh it in five minutes. I'm going to refresh it all day tomorrow. I'll, I'll put together a little compilation or something. Um, bump, bump, bump. Bullying bump, people. Bump. Don't you just love bullying people? Doesn't everybody love that? Yes. Rashad Jennings is a winner and a champion of Dancing with the Stars. How dare you disrespect him? Mr. Brownstone's already in there. Mr. Brownstone's the first one from the Patreon chat. Let's go, people. Gazman's in there. Me and Gazman use the same gif. <laughs> All right, we're going to check back up on it. All right, what do we got next? All right, um, we have uh, three mailback questions. Uh, one is asking a question about Garrett Colombo, and this is from Clap Him TF Out of Here, which I think it's a picture of Jesus smoking a cigarette. I don't um, like that. You don't like that? No? Jesus. I like that follower. He's a he's a, he's a loyal um, supporter, but I'll be honest. I don't like the profile picture. But anyways, he's a funny dude. I like him. I like him, though. Offensive line issues, Colin. Do you think they're on Colombo or Garrett's scheming? Do we just have bad linemen? You ask all three of them. Let's let's oh, talk about let's it. Let's ask as a group. all three. Okay. Yeah. Uh the second one is from Anthony Berdanaro at Berdanaro. He is a part of the Patreon family. Get the damn name right. What did I ha- what did I say? I said Bordenaro. Bordenaro. You're out, you're you're pronouncing names like Danny King out here. Oh, nice. Um would you consider moving Thomas to guard next year? We could have Parrot Solder and maybe another offense tackle in the draft. Thank you, Anthony. Very sorry I messed up your name. Um, and then Brian Porres asked at B Porres one. I noticed there were several offensive plays on Sunday where not everyone was on the same page on the play call. This led to second half timeouts, as well as at least two busted plays where we had to improvise. Are these partly a reflection of no OTAs? All right, so. Let's talk about the Andrew Thomas one. No, Anthony. It's <laughs> I get where he's coming from because of the Eric Flowers stuff. It's way too early for that. If it comes to that, it'll be horrible, and I'll feel horrible. I'll feel like an idiot because I like Andrew Thomas so much, but not yet. Um, and Matt Parrott is like Matt Parrott. I guarantee you, he's not better than Thomas right now. He's you know he's taller and longer and stuff. Um, and we'll see. 
But no, my answer is no to that. What about you? Not yet. No. And I, I don't really think... Not even close to yet. No. No. And I... No. No, I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just retweeted all the people that are tweeting at Roy Lang III, by the way. So I will. we will retweet you if you do that. That's a, that's a guarantee. And then the other question, um, Garrett or Columbo? Honestly, I don't see them making a ton of mental mistakes. You know, a stunt will get beat here and there, but they get teams are stunning them like crazy. Um, I think the biggest issue is they are giving up penetration in the past. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but like we like we have to remember we are being blitzed literally the most in the NFL, the most in the NFL. So pockets aren't going to look as clean, and Jones has been able to make plays with his legs. I mean, this last week because he was making plays with his legs, he was literally second. And like second highest in the league in time to throw, um, so I I I I don't really blame. I'm not like all anti offensive line right now. Is basically what I'm saying. There's some bad stuff, and Andrew Thomas is honestly. What sucks is he was so good in that first game. He has been the worst. He has been the worst so far, um, which is not good. Um, but we also expect him to have rookie struggles and get better. It just sucks that you know. Going through rookie struggles suck is basically what I'm saying. Oh, Chase Young, Andrew Thomas bowl this weekend. Um, Bobby, there are third downs where the Dallas Cowboys on third and long put five defensive linemen on the line of scrimmage. And it's not like one's dropping back in coverage. Five defensive linemen on five offensive linemen on third and sevens. And you're dropping six guys back in coverage. But guess what? For Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett's only only running uh, four, four skill position players that are going out and they're running routes. And three of them are running the same route anyway. So what does it matter? Do, doesn't matter if you if you drop you know you you could literally drop back uh, five four four guys and be fine because you know you know as soon as you recognize one route combination you're going to be able to pick up another one even deep concepts down the field Bobby I, I I tweeted something out from the Talking Giants account today where two guys were running the same exact out routes towards the sideline um one was on the far sideline and then the other one might have been the slot wide receiver that was on the near sideline yeah, in terms play of play action play it, it was just come on you know you're not you're not allowing it, it's all reliant on the wide receivers making a play it's not reliant on the scheme trying to help anything or anyone get open you're it's all reliant on individual play which we just don't have that right now we don't yeah and what the issue was with that play is because Garrett or Shermer actually ran where it was they were deep one you know because they're going the same way one's a corner one's a post which is like you can do that but you got to have something coming underneath and they didn't it was max protection and Jones checked it down to Freeman who came out after a blocker and you know that's the one Freeman dropped but yeah um it's uh but in terms of how the did run we game, get onto Shermer play or or, or um, Garrett play calling from that. Well, well, we were talking about allowing pressure and the reason why teams feel confident enough to put five guys on the defensive line or constantly be rushing six guys on on a third on a third and long, which is typically very aggressive, but it's kind it's kind I don't want to say it's unheard of, but especially for the Dallas Cowboys who have been terrible defensively this year. The fact that they were playing that aggressive and just daring Daniel Jones to throw the ball when there's just nothing available, though. It's nothing available for Daniel Jones unless he had to improvise. But in terms of the run game, now you can. I'm interested to see what they can do against a, a pretty good defense in Washington and to see if they can continue the same thing that they kind of established uh, against Dallas where you had Kevin Zeitler and Will Hernandez pulling left and right, and they were running like, you know, the trap plays, the counter plays, whatever you want to call it. Caden Smith was also pulling, and he was lighting Jalen Smith up a few times, and Devonta Freeman got like, you know, big chunk yards, eight, nine-yard plays. That was the really one of the only plays in the running game that was consistently working, and I'm going to be interested to see if Washington puts a stop to that, or if the Giants can continue that this weekend. Well, the difference is teams haven't been stacking the boxes against us like they did the first three weeks. Um, oh, and it works. They, <laughs> yeah, and they've been running the ball a little better. Um, and also, a lot of the like the bad run plays were honestly on the tight ends. You know, yeah, 
and you know Penny, you know, not being a great fullback. So, um, uh, Brian Porras had a question. Yeah, Brian Porras' question. Um, I noticed where there were several offensive plays on Sunday where not everybody was on the same uh, basis and they, they weren't on the same page. Is this basically a reflection of not having OTAs and not having a longer camp? That's the like I don't use the excuse of like oh no OTAs for the offense being bad and not um create you know cr- like not having the right concepts and stuff. I haven't used like that's not an excuse, but little stuff like that that is a difference. That is a, you know because learning a new offense and and you know ins and outs um that is where stuff is gonna be. There's gonna be a mistake. So I do that is an excuse for that, but for like the the concepts and the next question will be about Jason Garrett, which we'll talk about that. I don't use that as an excuse, but there is there is some things where it makes it a lot more difficult. Zach Mahoney at Zach underscore Mahoney 2. Has anyone in the media challenged Garrett regarding his awful play-calling tendencies? Is this the classic case of everyone in the front office thinks someone said something, but no one actually has? The play-calling has been pretty bad, guys. Yeah, we know. It's so bad. our guy, Zach Rosenblatt, actually asked Garrett. He didn't answer, but he basically is like, hey, you guys are dead last and throwing the ball downfield. And he's like, and Garrett just basically, here's the issue. And I, I went off on this on Twitter and stuff with Garrett. It has been an all or nothing offense where basically everything's short or we're going to max protect like we talked before. And we're going to send two deep routes. And that was like the, the touchdown against the Steelers was a max protection, two man route, one on a, on a deep crosser and Slayton on a deep post. And this is where I don't like it. And then. So people are talking about Jones being on his first read and not going through his progressions. When you have a slant, a slant, a stick, a curl, a, a, a you know a, a six-yard curl, and an out, there's no progression to go through because everyone is breaking their routes at the same time, and they're all individual routes. So I'm I, I'm going to try and explain this through a podcast as best as I can. So they're all individual routes. They're not nothing, working off. Nothing is playing off of each other. Exactly. So it's not like. Like there's times where it's like like and I did a breakdown. It's like where it looks like Jones is looking at one guy, but he's looking at one defender. If that defender goes high or something, then you look underneath. If the linebacker plays this way, then you have it. And uh, there was one play where the Giants did it. It was the play that right before the Evan Ingram sweep, where Devontae Freeman's check down for like 15 yards went down to the four yard line play. Yeah, it was a great design by Garrett. You had two guys on the left side come across the field. You had Caden Smith as a tight end go up into the left of the field. So, so it pulls it everyone away. It brought the linebacker and it left Devontae Freeman wide open for a check down. And that was the things coming into this year that we wanted Jones to get better at, where Jones was locked on downfield and he didn't get to the check down quick enough. So that was when we said like Jones was a little too aggressive at times. That's what we were talking about. It wasn't that we need to run shorter route concepts. It's that he needs to come back to the check down quicker. And it looks like he has done that. Um, the issue, though, is that it's the short, everything short, and there's no read, you know? It's just hoping that your first read wins the battle. Because if not, you're going to your second read. And that route's pretty much over at that point. You know what I'm saying? So those are the issues I have with Garrett. There was a little more of that involved. I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of out on Garrett though. You know, like show it to me, not a little bit. But, and I counted, and, and not even all these, I'm rambling right now. Not even all these plays work together. I counted every play where two routes were designed to go 15 plus yards down the field. And some of them weren't working. Like some of them were literally just two go balls with stuff underneath or literally like 16, 17 yard curls or comebacks. So they weren't working together. But even with those plays, Jones was eight for 12, one drop, um, 111 yards. I thought we didn't have time to do those things. I thought we didn't have time to do. And you know what? It wasn't like he was just chucking it downfield. It opened stuff underneath. Golden Tate got uh, a seven yard catch. Turns it into 15, 20 yards. The Devontae Freeman play we just talked about. Stuff like that. And then there were shots to be taken. So I'm kind of out on <laughs> I'm Basically what I'm saying is, man, it's got to change. And this having a weird offseason is not an excuse for the stuff that we've seen from Garrett. It is philosophical. And it's the same thing that people in Dallas told us. I mean, I have some Cowboys friends. I mean, I'm sure we all do. And I saw them tweeting about like other stuff like, oh, this is Garrett. This is Garrett's the same. He's doing the same stuff. He coaches, like I, we said before, like he's got Jason Witten, an all-pro O-line, and Des Bryant. And he doesn't have all that. No. No, he does not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just went on a, on a crazy rant, but I, I no, feel it, like no, it, it was it was it was well said. And, and uh, at this point, 
it really is just us repeating almost what we say on Sunday. You know, at least last year, Bobby, when we were both on both of our respective and different shows, we would talk about what we needed to talk about on Sunday. And then we really felt the need that, oh, I need to go back and I need to see what did Shermer do? What was Jones seeing here? What was happening? Pretty much on our Sunday shows, our takes have been spot on. And it's basically just been expanding off of what we saw. Yeah, unfortunately. So for us as simple little fans who we spend a lot of time doing this, and I think that's the difference between the casual fan and then what we do, is we just spend a little bit more time re-watching everything. And for us as simple-minded fans, for us to look at the game a second time, and Bobby, for you, a third time, a fourth time, and for us to not really pull anything different substantially from what we talked about on Sunday when we just watched the condensed version of the game, and that was it. I mean, come on, <laughs> you know. I did a breakdown of the final drive. Well, actually, we'll save that. There's a question at the end. So yeah, we 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 got to we got to we got to hustle a little bit here. We have some things about right. Peppers and Julian Love safety. Voicemail, voicemail. Hey, Bobby and Justin, this is Pierce, calling from Far Hills, New Jersey. Um, right now, I'm at my girlfriend's apartment. Better not be doing and, um, nothing. I was going to ask you guys about Jabril Peppers' playing time on Sunday. I saw that he got subbed off the field a couple times on passing downs, and I was wondering what you guys thought of that. Um, I also noticed that the Giants lined up in 3-3 a lot, and um, Jabril would play, you know, over the tight end or, you know, in kind of like that money backer role. So just going forward with his injury and everything, I just wanted to see what you thought his role was going to be in this defense as he gets healthier. And Tim Coffey asked about Julian Love, and he said, what the hell is wrong with Julian Love? He had zero snaps. So, Peppers, um, I'll answer that quick. I'm not reading into it because he is, um, you know, he did come back, and he came back pretty quickly from that. Um, So I'm not worried about Peppers, but that is kind of his role, is like money backer, linebacker, covering the tight end. Or that's I, thought he, like. I thought he did a really good job against the run this weekend. Like, there were plays mm-hmm. where – Peppers really ran sideline to sideline, coming back from that safety spot, getting on Elliott, um, you know, finding ways to poke his head in there and making plays in the run game. So, you know, I can't exactly speak about what he did in the passing game, but, you know, my challenge to Jabril Peppers is let me see you make an impact play. And he made some this past yeah. Sunday. So Yeah, and then, man, I, I'm like Adrian Colbert. I think I've actually been pretty happy with him. Um, so I'm fine with him getting the reps over Julian Love, but it is kind of crazy that Julian Love got zero reps on defense. Yeah, like he's a talent we like, and that doesn't mean you know that could be a one game thing because this defense is multiple. Um, how about a coach coming in and preaching something and living up to it? I love Patrick Graham so much, I really do. I'm 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 in full bloom love with Patrick Graham. Um, but it's like I, I don't I don't know what the deal is with with Julian Love. I think he's a good talent. He's obviously young. He's playing a new position. Uh, I don't know. I feel like. It, I, you would think there's times where they would just come in and let him play down at corner, you know, not essentially not being a corner, but coming in, coming down to the line of scrimmage, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it's a matter of where he's practiced all summer. He hasn't practiced that corner. He hasn't gotten corner reps. He basically hasn't gotten corner reps since training camp last year when he was a totally even wearing a different number. It was his first number out of three. So that and. You can, Joe Judge and Patrick Graham can say all they want about multiple and guys, you know, being versatile and doing different things. But at the end of the day, sometimes you need a single high free safety to be a single high free safety. Sometimes you need a linebacker to be a good linebacker, you know, and that's what I really feels like it comes down to where Adrian Colbert is a better single high safety. And what this Patrick Graham defense needs is, you know, they, they are running too high. So they're being multiple in that area, in that front. But they need a safety that's going to cover deep down the field. And they must have not felt, based off of the Chicago game, based off of the 49er game, that he was getting it done. And I, I it's crazy to think that if Colbert didn't have the injury to start the season, that Love may have not been getting... Li- Love may have been getting limited snaps since the beginning. But they... It is... Yeah, it's 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 still strange though because you would think yeah. that they would find. Like I said, I'm I'm fine with Colbert playing over him, but just no reps is kind of weird, you know. You would think that they would allow a talented player to get in there somehow. So yeah. So, all right. Next question. Next question is coming from Gazman in the chat. Proud of the chat. They have they have all tweeted at Roy 
whatever that douchebag's name is. Roy Lang the third. Roy Lang the third. As of right now, if you were able to pick one position to upgrade in the draft, who or what would it be? Or what would it be? Not who. What would it be? It's obviously not QB like half of Twitter wants it to be. Not my half either. You tell me, Justin. Oh, gosh, right now it's wide receiver. And, I, you know, I guess Skazman does a good job of not asking who would you pick in the first round, but what position group do you want to upgrade the most? It's It's wide receiver. It has to be. I don't think it has to be. Um, oh. I agree with wide receiver, but if there was a pass rusher out there who I'm like, this guy's going to be a dominant pass rusher, um, I haven't watched enough of Gregory Russo to say that, then I would say, like, okay, we can go get that guy. But I don't know if that guy's there. But I would agree that wide receiver. Um, and honestly, I know we've joked about this and you said this. Uh, never draft a corner in the first round again. Just sign the best ones in free agency. That is my new. That is how I approach um, the cornerback position going forward for the rest of my life. I'm with you. I'm a fan. I'm a very big fan. <laughs> All right, next question. Mr. Brownstone asks one of two mailback questions. Which fan base aggravates you the most? Dallas, Philly, Washington, or our own fan or or our own so-called fans ready to pull the plug on the season after week three and biatch about past drafts? I will always biatch about one particular draft. Yeah, but that's not what he's talking that's not what Mr. Brownstone's talking about. Yeah, I was texting you last night, Justin. I was like, this fan base won't let me just watch Monday Night Football in peace. And you're like, you won't let yourself. And I was like, okay, you're right. I'm done tweeting about... Because, you know, it's just... Like, with the Justin Herbert stuff, it's like... Jones has never made that play. And I was like, he literally made the same play. <laughs> um, and, like, I was arguing with, you know, a friend of ours, Mike Too Nice, you know. Um, you know, we like him. Um, he's he's someone that I, I can disagree with. But we're also, like, pretty... Like, we're always cool with each other because we know we're, we both do our homework. Um... Um, and shout out, go check him stuff, his stuff out. He's awesome. Um, but it's just like, can we just enjoy football? Like, why do we have to do this? And it's like, and it's like every throw that people say Jones would make that throw. I can go find a clip of it. I can, you know what I'm saying? Um, and it's, it's, it gets aggravating, but I'll say out of those fan bases, Washington, because they don't deserve to talk any trash because they're horrible and they do. They're the ones that talk the most trash, at least to me, um, Eagles fans. And I know this makes people mad. I low-key think Eagles fans are hilarious. I think they're the craziest people on earth, and I love them for it, you know? Like, and they, they're they the only fans that they basically embrace it. Now, it's annoying, yes. When they talk trash, yes, it's annoying. But I think they're nuts, and I I love crazy people. Um, and then Dallas. Dallas is a lot like Yankee fans, so I can relate because I am a Yankee fan. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, a lot of them mix, and they're both, you know, Cowboys, Yankees fans. But it's like, you know, they call on the old championships. But I have, but I... I will be honest, the Dallas fans in my life are actually pretty nice people. If we were down in Texas, um, I probably would hate them. And honestly, it's really a, it's a, it's a product of where you grew up. If Whichever one you spent the most time around is the one you like the least. And I spent the most around Washington fans. I've spent the most time around Dallas fans because they're just everywhere. And they're, <laughs> yeah. they're nauseating. They're nauseating. Um, especially, and I think it's also, again, I, I, I go to MetLife. I see all these teams and all these different fan bases twice a year. There could be more Philly fans. You know what? Not, I got, I don't know. I may even call it a draw. It's crazy that I feel like I'll see more Dallas fans at a Giants Eagles game than Eagles, than Eagles fans at a, at a Giants Eagles game. Then Cal, what did I just say? You get my point. Bad radio. Um, (laughs) I don't get your point. Um, you see more, Cowboy fans at a giant eagle game than eagle fans at a giant cowboy game. There we go. Good job. <laughs> so, right. cowboy fans are just nauseating. The franchise is nauseating. Um, I want to vomit. You heard my rant last week, so I I I want to vomit every time I think about them. <laughs> All right, I like it. I like it. All right, we got a couple of voicemails. Frank the Tank. He almost he's only left one voicemail because we asked him. I won't revisit it because it was an emotional episode. Um, but Frank the Tank left a voicemail. Hey guys. Frank the Tank for Trevor Lawrence. From upstate New York in my office at work. Don't tell anyone. Um, hey, guys, I'm so frustrated with all this losing that uh, I put a plan in place to turn this team around. It should work because I fixed my this team in franchise mode on Madden in one season. Anyway, here's my plan. Um, first of all, fire Gettleman, of course. And 
hire Lewis Riddick. Duh. I mean, it's, it's an easy one. Once we clean the slate, we must continue to tank for generational talent, Trevor. Of course. Then, can we please get Odell Beckham back in New York? The guy wants to be in New York. He wants to be with his team. I hear Cleveland wants to trade him bad anyway. So, um, I'm going to leave the O-line alone for now because, I mean, who needs O-line when you've got Trevor? <laughs> Lastly, I'm going to trade for generational talent, Isaiah Simmons, and it'll really set the steel up for success. How did you guys? I'll take your comments offline. <laughs> so, Bobby, 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 Bobby. Yes. I think Frank the Tank might have been sarcastic in that voicemail. He, I think he ma, might. Ma, 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 ma. Um, I, the, I, the, the, I thought the funniest part of that was the. I'll leave the O line alone because who needs an O line when you got Trevor Lawrence? I thought that one was pretty funny. Um, although I do prioritize um wide receiver over O line on this team right now. Um. Because, like, Jones has actually had been able to make plays with the O-line. Um, but, yeah, just a little bit of sarcasm. Um, and the trading for generational talent, Isaiah Simmons, was a nice touch. Because Simmons has literally played 50 snaps. He's played less snaps than Tate Crowder. I don't know what's going on there. So, like, maybe... Because I like Simmons. That's kind of... I don't know what is going on in Arizona. Like, could he be... A, I just feel like he can't be a total bust. But they, they, they won't play him. They won't play him. And I, I have... I don't know. I, w- I wonder what Arizona fans would uh, are saying about that. Talking birds. Talking cards. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right. Oh, we got, um. sorry, got one last voicemail, and then we'll finish off the mailbag from... Here we go. Here we go. Here it is. How's it going, guys? Hopefully you guys are doing well. I'm Austin Etta. I'm currently living in North Jersey. Uh, I'm in my older brother's baby blue room. Pause. Um, I had asked you guys Sunday, if the Giants offense was lackluster, would we sacrifice Jason Garrett on the star? I guess my follow-up question would be, um, do you guys have any de- details on when that sacrifice would be? Like, do you guys have like a date or time? Is it like RSVP or invite only or something like that? Hopefully you guys will let us all know. Um, hopefully the FBI doesn't think that this is a real thing. That would kind of suck. So, um, have a good one, guys. So any chance Jason Garrett gets sacrificed week 17 versus the Cowboys? We did talk, I think, during a live stream about what I learned when I watched the movie Night at the Museum about like I think it was the Hun no not the Huns it was some it was something um where there was this old tribe that used to pull people and pull like their arms and legs and they would just pull them apart so then their corpse would just be in the middle so if we do that to Jason Garrett week 17 and we sacrifice him would not mind. Who would you? Who do you think the four people would be that would want to pull him? Evan Ingram's number one. He wants to rip Jason Garrett apart. Daniel Jones number two. Um, Tony Romo probably number three. And who else really hates J- Des Bryant number four? Des Bryant and have- Terrell Owens hate like hate Jason Garrett with a passion. Jason Hatcher's a former Cowboy who thinks like that Garrett like sabotaged Wade Phillips. Um, yeah, yeah. Garrett- a lot of conspiracies in Dallas. Man, I feel bad because, like, I am a patient person. And sometimes I'm probably a little too patient. Um, You know what I'm saying? Like, I... Because I think there's, you know, there's a lot more people listening to um us this year than last year. You know, obviously you were doing your thing. Um, Where they probably listen to this and they're like, man, this guy's giving up on Garrett week four. It's like, this is just... This is like New York sports radio. It's just fire the OC, do the... You know? But, I mean, I'm the same guy last year. I got so much heat for... Not wanting to get rid of Shermer, I was okay with it by the end of the year. My uh, my whole thing was you either keep both him and Gettleman or fire both Shermer and Gettleman. Um, they didn't do that, and now we're in a weird spot. But um, so like I'm like you know me, I'm I'm probably pay, like a little too patient, and I'm just I'm just so out on Garrett, man. I can't yeah. stand him. Yeah, you are patient. I finally got you on the 
on the hate golden train. G- I don't hate, hate golden, golden Tate though. <laughs> he could be good in this offense if it was used the right way. I get he's not the player he once was, but it's like, you know what? When we actually did the stuff, he was open underneath. And he like, so I don't even, I don't hate golden Tate. He just, he doesn't get separation, but he can still make plays. He can still freaking make plays. As long as there's perfect ball placement and an open field in front of him. Well, let's try that because it's not working what we're doing right now. Last uh, mailback question, Mr. Brownstone, once again. When do you think we will run the sacred make-it-happen play this season? Hopefully this week against the Washington Wombats. Clearly they haven't gone against it in practice because Haskins would have used it to keep his job. So, Bobby, the make-it-happen play has eluded us this year. When are we going to run that play? That took off. I'm surprised that took off. It's because, well, Monday morning, I usually don't, like, I tr- after losses, I usually try and, like, stay away from my, you know, checking mentions on Monday. And I actually did. After, like, 10 o'clock, I was like, okay, I'm muting all my tweets so I don't see the replies. But I just, because everyone's like, Jones just has to make it happen. He has to make it. Not realizing that, like, two of his wins, you know, there's only been three wins, but two of the three were make it happen drives. You know what I'm saying? Um, It's like, he's just got to make it happen. And I did the breakdown and showed it. So if you're st- if you're still saying that, go check out those breakdowns. But I was like, that is so dumb. Like when we 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 talked about it on the podcast, I think too. It was just like that is so silly. And so I was just like, why doesn't Justin Herbert just make it happen? The guy can't win a game. Throws a back breaking interception. People are like, why are you bashing Herbert? I was like, I'm not. I like Herbert. But you guys change to watch. I re- watch other football players because you pretend they're perfect because you watch their highlights. And they're not. They make mistakes too. They lose game-winning drives. Joe Burrow. Look at, oh, Joe Burrow just makes it happen. He had a worse game um, on Sunday than Daniel Jones has had in his entire freaking career. So that's, I just lost it. And I just, I just started make it happen. And it was, it, it caught on a little bit, especially like, you know, I did the make it happen breakdown. Wait, um, t-shirts. But I thought about that, but it's like, I don't know. Would anybody put da- buy that? Put Daniel Jones on. And hey. when I say, and would anybody that buy that, Mr. Brownstone, you saying yes doesn't count. Mr. Brownstone <laughs> buys every T-shirt. Make it happen um, with like a with Daniel Jones. You know, Daniel. You know how Daniel Jones has like fist bumped like a lot. Like he, I think he had like a fist bump after yeah, the, the one of the Freeman touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he had a fist bump against Minnesota last year that I made a nice gif or gif out of. We should get mad on this of possibly designing something with Daniel Jones fist bumping with make it happen. We'll, we'll design it. it, and his next game-winning um, drive, we will uh, we'll do that. So we will do that. Remind remind me that the well, just like we said at the beginning of the season that we were going to ask for five star ratings one once we actually win a game. <laughs> yes, yes, that is, we literally have been like just win a game so we can ask for some five star ratings because we know that you know once we win a game and we ask for it to start a show, we'll get like 10, 15 new ones because we've been we haven't we you know. During season is when your downloads are the highest, but we're like, let's just wait for the right time. Let's wait for a win, for people to be happy and do it. We can't get any ratings because we don't win. Freaking Tough. losers. I'm so sick of Beck. I used to love that song. Now I hate it with a passion. So many listeners don't even know what a Victory Monday intro is. They don't even know about it. That's the thing that sucks. They don't even freaking know about it. All right. All right. Let's there was something the else I wanted to talk. I almost did. I almost thought about doing fire Jason Garrett shirts, but I was like, you know, I'm not going to be that guy. No. Um, Can't use. There was something name. I wanted to talk about with people voting for us. I can't remember. Did it have something to do with your voter registration? No, they went and plug. They're trying to suppress our votes. I know what they're doing. I almost did a video because I went back in there because they they put my um, driver's license number in wrong, and I want like I. I pressed record on my phone and I wanted to be like, so who are you guys voting for? Because you're not supposed to do that in there. And I was like, oh, you should vote for Bobby Skinner. But then I was like, you know what? They're literally looking at my ID right now. So when I say vote Bobby mm. Skinner, they're going to be like, oh, is it like what kind of, is it a prank? Um, it's tough. So. <laughs> Mr. Brown said, put a screen grab of my Jason Garrett play tweet on a shirt and it'll sell. Mm. So we should do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually think we'll do that because that's an easy shirt to make. I think we actually will do that. So, Justin, yeah. remind me to do some t-shirt stuff in the morning. Okay. All right. All right. Is that an episode? Do we have any? I mean, I know we're done with stuff. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? No. No. Let's. Let's. Friday's going to be a fun show. We're going to have fun. We might on have another former deep uh, NFL corner on the show too. So. Oh boy, is it a? Uh, 
Hall. No. Oh, One more okay. guess. Um, we'll see. No promises. Josh Norman. Josh Norman, former Washington Football Club member. No, no. Um, he just got stiff armed, by the way. Um, I, I, I usually hate doing that's him. Like live updates. He usually I got, see it. He got like stiff armed by Derrick Henry. Like oh they're just throwing like a rag doll. It was crazy. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> um, I actually for our Eagles intro uh, preview game because that's on a Thursday. Uh, I haven't asked the guy yet, but we might have an awesome interview for that one. I just want to let pe- get, let people get excited for that. It'll be funny. At least I hope so. All right. Um, if you've right, been part of my periscope running. Wednesdays, we're running long. Let's. Ah, who let's, cares? Let's wrap. Let's wrap it. Um. No. Let's talk. You know. We got. Let's. I don't care if we're, we're long on this one. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything in life going on? Uh. No. No. Uh, I'm proctoring the SATs today. So for those of you who really want to, that's so lame. I know some fantasy football leagues that the punishment is take the SATs. Well, I'm not taking them. I'm I'm proctoring it. So I, at least uh, at least maybe I'll have time to write my analytics blog. In ninth grade, do you take out. the pre SAT or the pre ACT? Yeah, I think ninth ninth tenth grade you take the practice SAT. Um, okay, so in ninth grade, <laughs> we literally meet a couple friends. We did it because like it doesn't matter, you know. It's literally just a test, and colleges don't see or nothing. We literally. You know, one we were not we weren't smart enough to get them all right, anyways. But the ones where we thought we could get them right or we knew the answer, we would literally on purpose do the wrong answer to see how low we could get. And we were in the bottom one percentile of the nation. And our guidance counselor came in the class, and he's like, "I can't believe you guys." He's like, "This is disgusting." He's like, "You guys never stop screwing around, just like glaring at me." He's saying, "Oh my!" <laughs> one of my friends. He's like, he was he was already dumb, but he'd ask, he's like, he's like, you, you color in the bubble. He's like, <laughs> like, so do we like fill in the bubble? And the the guy who's like monitoring is like, yeah. Oh man! Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> you want to know what's funny? That guy's name, um, was Uche, which was spelled U C. H E N N E, and his last name was two last names, you know, with the dash. Uh huh. Brown Mark. Oh. So we used to call him Uche Shitstain. Mm, nice. You know. Tough, tough name. All right. <laughs> all right. That's an episode. We'll see you guys on Friday. Um, appreciate all the support through all the losing. Um, let's go, Big Blue.